2: Papa? Yes, mama. Uh, what did I do, fall asleep?
3: Uh, you were drowsing, Papa. And no wonder you work very hard in our shop.
2: You work just as hard, Mama. Mm-hmm. Maybe we close up this bookshop and go away, the two of us. Some place in the mountains. Like in the old country.
3: Oh, I would like that, Papa. Uh-huh. I'm sorry I woke you just now.
2: Hmm. If you did not wake me, the telephone would. I will answer it. Hello? Mr. Allen? This is Mr. Allen speaking. Hold
3: the line, Mr. Allen.
2: London is calling. Mama, it is London. The call I am expecting. Oh,
3: good, good. Hello, Mr. Allen.
2: Yes. This is Jackson. Oh, yes, Mr. Jackson. About
1: those bonds. I can buy at four if you like.
2: At four? Splendid. Good. I'll buy right away. Oh, by all means do, Mr. Jackson. I will. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good news, Mama. Good news.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Hello? Mr. Bernard? Yes? You know who this is? Oh, yes. About that car you were going to get me. Yes? I want to make certain it has four good tires. Four. Don't
4: worry. It'll have four good tires
2: that all? That is all, Mr. Bernard. Goodbye. Bye. Mama? Oh, Mama?
3: Yes, Papa?
2: Mama, the arrangements are all complete.
3: They are. That's good.
2: Very good. We are smuggling in another $150,000 worth of diamonds. We'll have them tomorrow.
1: It's smooth.
4: Smooth, smooth, and you're sure it's pure. That, my friends, was the voice of a man, an enthusiastic friend of C.V., describing what he likes about champagne velvet, the beer with the million-dollar flavor. You, too, will find that C.V. is smooth from foam to finish. More than that, from your first sip of the rich, creamy foam that billows on top of your glass, right down to that last delicious drop, you'll find C.V. bright and sparkling, light and lively, with a clear, clean taste that makes you sure it's pure and stamps it as a beer of real premium quality. Premium quality that costs you no premium in price. Yes, sir, it's smooth. Just as smooth, and you're sure it's pure.
1: There is no finer beer. Now, on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blacking. Enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friend. Well, Mr.
5: Brown, are you customs officials officially satisfied that I'm not smuggling anything into your fair country? We're satisfied you don't have anything on you or in your luggage, Mr. Lewis. But we know you're smuggling stuff into this country. And we'll catch you with it one of these days. You hope. Good bye. I wouldn't be so smug, Lewis. There might be a next time, you know. Ha uh-huh. ha. Miss week's I'm leaving my office. I may not be back for several days. I am devoting that much time to following a certain Mr. Frank Lewis. <laughs>
3: Now I know what they mean by saved by the bell. One more punch and that kid white would have been knocked out, wouldn't
1: he? (laughs) You said it. I'm surprised he was still around to get that one more punch. Your
3: attention, please. Uh oh maybe they stopped the fight. Your attention, please. Will Boston Blackie please go to the telephone at boot
1: six? Oh, I thought it was going to be something important. Excuse me, Mary.
3: Sure, sure, but don't you forget to come back. Will Boston Blackie please
1: go to the telephone at boot six? probably missed the knockout now because Inspector Faraday has caught something. Probably a cold like mine. Booth six. Booth six. Where's Booth six? Oh, here. It is. Six right here. Hello? Blackie? Yes? Blackie, this is Charlie Kingston. Charlie, how are you? Never mind, don't tell me. I'll tell you. You've just put over another million dollar deal and you want to brag about it. No, no, it isn't that. Uh, Blackie, I'm sorry to have bothered you with I have to see you here at my
5: house tomorrow afternoon,
1: and I didn't want you to make any other plans.
5: Uh, I'm worried, terribly worried. Blackie,
1: you've got to be here tomorrow afternoon at 3
5: o'clock sharp. Well,
1: who is it?
2: Room service.
1: Come in. Is that tray down on this table, will you?
2: Yes, sir.
1: That's right. How's the steak? The way I ordered it?
2: Lift the silver cover and see, sir.
1: Okay, I will.
2: Satisfactory, Mr. Lewis?
1: It ought to be. That's $150,000 worth of diamonds right there. Any trouble getting them here to the hotel?
2: Oh, no, sir. Everything was on schedule. Uh, Anything else you need from me, sir?
1: Yes, your clothes. Take off that waiter's outfit and stay in this room. I'll be back in 15 minutes and switch places with you all part of the boss's plan, Carl. All part of the plan. Hello, Papa.
2: Well, Mr. Lewis, I'm glad to see you. I see you changed your clothes with Carl the waiter, as I instructed you to do. Uh, Wait... I lock the door, pull down the shade. There. There. Now.
1: Well, Papa, I certainly know by now how smart
2: you are. I follow orders. Good, good. You are the only one in our organization who knows me. I'm happy you follow things as I decide them. Did anyone see you leave the hotel?
1: Not a chance. If anyone was trading me from the plane, they think I'm still in my hotel room. I came down the service elevator and out of the service entrance. I've got to get back right away before someone misses Carl.
2: Yes, yes, of course.
1: He did his job. Yeah, the diamonds he gave me. $100,000 worth.
2: Not $150,000 worth? There's no mistake? No. Oh, perhaps I am mistaken. I received a call from London with a code message mentioning the amount and the number four which means that the diamonds were to be taped under seat four on your plane.
1: That's right. I sat over them right across the ocean.
2: Then I called our friend Joe at the airport, told him in code, of course, to get the diamonds from under seat four after the plane had landed and give them to his roommate.
1: Who naturally is Carl, the waiter. These are the diamonds he gave me.
2: I was almost positive our London friend said $150,000, but... I might have been mistaken. Mama.
3: Yes, Papa?
2: A cup of tea for Mr. Lewis. He has brought us $100,000 worth of diamonds. Uh, No, thanks. I don't care for any. Oh, but I must insist. You must drink a cup of tea as a token that you trust us as we have trusted you. (coughs) Well, Mr.
1: Kingston, shall we talk business? In just a moment, Mr. Lewis. After all, we made this appointment over a week ago, waiting a few more minutes. Oh, there he is now. Come in. Hello, Blackie. Three o'clock sharp, just as you promised. How are you? On time, Charlie. How are you? Anxious to get down to business, and I will now that you're here. All right. Blackie, this is Mr. Lewis. Mr. Lewis, Boston Blackie. How do you do, Mr. Blackie? How are you? Uh, Mr. Lewis is going to sell me $50,000 worth of diamonds. For how much? 100000 <laughs> <laughs> That would be a fair price. Fair to me, that is. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, cup of tea, gentlemen? I think so. Why not? Jim? All right. Now, uh, about these diamonds, Mr. Lewis. Yes. You say the diamonds are worth more than the 50000 Much more. Yeah, take a look. You know diamonds, Blackie? Hmm. Why the bargain, Lewis? Does this be kind of Kingston week? They're not stolen, Blackie. Well, then, let's drink to a good deal your health, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now let's get down to business. (sighs) Good. Lewis, where do these diamonds come from? I'd know if they were hot. They're not even slightly warm, Blackie. So what difference does it make where they come from? Mr. Lewis, Uh, what's uh, the matter? Blackie, what's the matter with him? Nothing that a little life couldn't cure. He's dead. Dead? And from the looks of him, I'd say he was poisoned. We'd better call the police. Police? Well, we we can't, Blackie. I, I can't be involved in anything like this. I can't afford a scandal. You don't know what a scandal it might be. Something funny about these diamonds, but they're not hot. Chances are they were smuggled in, Charlie. A dead smuggler will be found in my apartment now. Blackie, that would ruin me. Blackie, please, now, get rid of the body. You can do it. Nobody will believe we had nothing to do with Lewis's death. Please, Bucky, get rid of this body for me. Okay, Charlie, I'll try. But what a field day it'll be for Faraday if he ever finds out about this. Stop the car about here, Charlie. Any place along this road. All right. Uh, I'll carry the body. Uh. Bushes. But I've got a hunch we should have called Faraday. Here goes. One Blackie getting rid of one body. We yeah. we couldn't have called Faraday Blackie. Think what that would have meant to my reputation. Think what it would have meant to the inspectors. Well, Mr. Lewis's body. Duck down under the wheel, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Duck, kick right. up the car. Blackie, do you think? I'm not thinking anything. Maybe that car just happened to be coming along this road. We'll see in a minute past Blackie. Thank goodness. Goodness? Had nothing to do with this, Kingston. It's luck. Just plain luck. (laughs) Look, Charlie. We're here at my apartment. We're safe so far. Stop pacing up and down. I can't help it. I'm worried. You can worry just as well sitting down. We're in no danger, providing nobody saw us. That car that passed us on the road, Blackie. I'm worried about it. Well, I'm a little concerned about that myself. Oh, something tells me that's Faraday. The police? Blackie, what'll we do? Let him in, Charlie. And if Faraday knows something, which I doubt, I can't let him grab me. Because I'm no good to you behind bars. Try and get rid of... All right, but Blackie, I... Coming. Uh, Hello, Inspector Faraday. Well, Charlie Kingston. Good. I'll take both you and Blackie down to headquarters at the same time. Headquarters? What For what? You don't know for what. Come on in, Mr. Brown. Now, this is the man that dead guy Lewis went to see, isn't it?
5: Sure is, Inspector.
1: How do you know anyone came to see me?
5: I'm Paul Brown, Mr. Kingston, customs official. I was following Lewis when he went to your house, and I saw your friend Boston Blackie carrying out Lewis's body.
1: He followed you in a car and
5: saw you dump the body. Now, where's Blackie? He, he isn't here. He has to be here. Brown followed him here, and Blackie hasn't gone out. And he can't get out. I've got a man at the
1: back door. Come on, come on, where is he? He's, he's in the bedroom. Come on, Brown, we'll look. Hey, you take the kitchen. Right. If he's in there, I'll get him. Well, Blanky's not in the bedroom. Did you find him in there, Brown?
5: No, not the kitchen.
1: Hmm. Well, he's in here somewhere. Hey, look in the closets. Everywhere. Right. Inspector Faraday, Blanky and I didn't kill Mr. Lewis. You didn't, huh? We had a cup of tea in your place. I know that because I saw the cups and saucers. Yes, but Andy I... And he was killed by poison tea. The medical examiner rushed an analysis when we brought in Lewis's body.
5: I can't understand it, Inspector Faraday. I've searched this apartment from top to bottom. This fellow, Blackie, just isn't here.
1: You, you can't find him? Not here. Uh, one of these days, I'll get that guy and I'll... Come on, Kingston. You're going to headquarters. But
5: why? I tell you, I didn't poison Lewis. Sorry, Kingston, but you're the only one who had a chance to poison him. I've been following him. He didn't leave his room at the Carlton Hotel except to go to your house. He even had his meals up in his room. And he never ordered tea.
1: And poisoned tea killed him. And you gave him tea. Looks like we've got you, Kingston. You and Blanky both, but you haven't Blanky yet. Oh, but I'll get him. Oh, just wait till I get that Boston Blanky. Just wait.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
4: Listen for just a few seconds to a man who knows good beer and who likes champagne velvet. The beer with the million dollar flavor. Bright and sparkling. Yes, sir. Light and lively. Yes, sir. Clear and clean. Yes, sir. There is no finer beer. And that's a fact. Go where you will. Pay what you will. No better beer than CV can be had at any price. No better beer than CV can be made at any cost. CV's famous formula provides for only the more costly premium quality materials. Then... C.V.'s careful processing and controlled aging gives you a beer that you're sure is pure. C.V.'s flavor will tell you all of that. You'll find it bright and sparkling from foam to finish, robust and full-flavored as a real honest-to-goodness beer should be. C.V.'s flavor will tell you that you're enjoying a premium-quality beer at no premium in price. You're sure it's pure. And it's just as smew.
1: Now back to Boston Blackie. (laughs) Mama and Papa Avon run a quiet little bookstore as a front for a profitable trade in smuggled diamonds. Papa Avon poisons Frank Lewis, but the poison doesn't take effect until Lewis is at the home of Boston... At Kingston's insistence, Blackie dumps the Bobby of Lewis. But unbeknownst to him, a customs inspector has been following Lewis and trails Blackie and Kingston to Blackie's apartment. Here, the customs man and Inspector Faraday break in, but they find no trace of Blackie. As we return to our story, it is a few seconds afterwards. Phew. Standing on that ledge was awfully uncomfortable. Blackie Faraday didn't look there. Lucky for me got to get Kingston out of this jam. That's a must. Oh. Mary. Oh, hello, Blackie. What's the matter? You sound excited? Not without reason. Only I won't tell you why now. Except that I spent the last five minutes on the ledge outside my living room window.
3: Blackie, that ledge is only a foot wide and you're nine stories up. You didn't stand on that.
1: No, I'm glad to know that. You hear that, nerves? Well, then stop jumping. Mary, listen. You've got to do something for well, me. Of
0: course I will. What is it?
1: A man named Frank Lewis had a room at the Carlton Hotel. I overheard that while I was out on the ledge. I want you to get a room there, too, and order something from room service. Only make sure you get the waiter who served Lewis earlier today. How do I do that? Well, spread some money around, and you'll find which waiter it was. I want to look at him. I'll be around somewhere, Mary. Wait for the waiter, and then wait for me.
3: Come in.
2: Your dinner, miss?
3: Oh, fine, fine, thank you. Would you, um, uh, would you please bring it in? It was very
2: complimentary of you to ask for me. Has somebody recommended me?
3: Yes, a friend who stayed here last week.
2: Uh, any place you'd like me to put the table, miss?
3: Well, now let me see. Um, uh, Over here by the window, I think.
2: All right.
1: There. Do you wish to sign the check?
3: No, no, I think I'll pay for it. As you wish. Oh, dear. Now, where is my purse? <laughs> Here on the chair, miss. Oh, yes, of course it's on the chair. Now, uh, let's see. Oh, no, no, I I think I'll sign for this thing. I, uh, if if I can just find a pencil. Here's a pencil, miss. Oh, oh, thank you. Um, there you are. It's all signed. Thank you, miss. Oh, 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 just a minute. Just one minute, please. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. Now, where did I put my purse? <laughs> I... It's
1: still on the chair,
3: miss. Oh, isn't that silly of me? You know, I... oh, thank goodness. There he is now. Come in. Blackie, I thought you... Inspector Faraday.
1: Hello, Miss Wesley. Surprised to see me? Now, you can leave, waiter. Yes. You're expecting Blackie, huh? But he's not here yet, is he, Miss Wesley?
3: Blackie? Oh, now, who's Blackie?
1: <laughs> You're waiting here for Blackie, all right. Sooner or later, he'll be here. I'll be in touch with you. Then I'll be waiting for him with open arms. I'm not looking for a room. My name's Boston Blackie, and I'm looking for one of your roomers. Are you? Yes. The one who just came in. Who is he?
3: I don't know. What
1: well, do you know what this is?
3: Oh, well, that's a five-dollar bill.
1: Who was it just came in?
3: You mean Carl Black?
1: Of course. I know he's a waiter. What, do he, what does he do when he isn't working?
3: He doesn't do nothing except sit up in his room and talk to Joe. And he, um... Who's
1: Joe?
3: Joe Bernard, Carl's roommate.
1: Oh, uh, what does Joe do? He work at the Hotel Carlton, too? No,
3: no, he's a mechanic at the airport. Which airport? The one where those big planes come in from overseas.
1: Uh-huh. Very interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. Which is their room? That's the one at the head of the stairs there. Number five.
1: Thanks. Thanks a lot. Who is it? Friend of yours.
5: Friend of mine, come Hey, I don't know you, sir, if you please.
1: But I know you. You're the waiter at the Carlton. I see your roommate's here, too. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Boston Blackie. You're Joe? So, So, I thought you'd like to know who you're working with. I beg your pardon, but I don't know what you mean. You know what I mean. We're all in this together. This nice diamond smuggling business. I'm exceedingly sorry, sir. You're mistaken. Really? What do you say, Joe? I say you're in the wrong cubbyhole. Well, right or wrong, we're all in this cubbyhole together. And this room is a lot cozier than the death cell up the river. You must be out of your mind. You don't make sense. Don't I? No. I know the police are looking for us for killing Lewis. Now am I making sense? Mr. Lewis dead. Shut up, Carl. Don't try to shut him up, Joe. Look, we've got to do some fast thinking. Lewis was killed by poison tea. The police think you poisoned him, Carl. They think I did, sir, but I, I served him no tea. Well, where did he get it? He was in his hotel room all the time, except when he went to Kingston's to sell him those jewels, was he? No, no. He went out once in my waiter's uniform. That was something our employer worked out in case anybody was following Mr. Lewis. Oh, he did leave the hotel once before he went to Kingston's? Yes, sure. He went to deliver the diamonds to our employer. Well, and maybe that's where Lewis picked up the poison tea. That's it, Sure. It was a slow-acting poison that didn't take effect until he was talking to King Son and me. Undoubtedly, sir. Look, Carl, you're yapping too much. Say, I don't know who the boss is, do either of you? No, but you're I've got... You're talking too much to suit me, Carl. Maybe this will shut oh. you up. Maybe I know this will shut you up. Oh. You, you hit Joe very hard, sir. He needed something to keep him quiet for a while. Now, do you have any idea who the boss is? No, sir, I haven't. Well, how do you get your instructions? Our employer, I really don't know who he is, calls here. Sometimes around this... Look, you and I are going to make ourselves a lot of money, see? When the boss does call, if he calls, talk to him and tell him just what I tell you to say. What will that be, sir? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Hotel Carlton. 1115, please. 1115. One moment, please. Who are you calling, sir? A friend of mine. I wanted to know that... There's... Hello? Uh, Mary, this is Blackie. I followed that waiter to his rooming house. So I was... Hang you... up quick. The
3: police are here. They'll place this call.
1: Oh, no, they won't. What? Hello? Hello?
2: Mm, she hung up.
1: Smart girl. But if she hung up too soon, maybe she was too smart.
2: Mama.
3: Yes, Papa?
2: It's time to call young Carl's place. You keep on resting, Mama. You've had a hard day. I'll call.
3: All right, Papa.
2: We received a new shipment of children's books today.
3: Oh, we did? That's nice. Some
2: lovely books, too. Delightful mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Hello? Hello, Carl. Yes, this is Carl. Carl, will you please tell Joe something for me? Next I beg week... your pardon, sir but I have a message
1: from Joe and myself for you.
2: What is this?
1: I'm sorry, sir, but you see, Joe and I found out who you are and all about the murder of Mr. Lewis. So? In view of the fact that Joe and I have all this additional
2: knowledge, sir, couldn't we have a little meeting? You say you know who I am. I think you are not telling the truth. I, sir, a liar? Oh, no, sir, but I can understand. A, a hopeful doubt, isn't it, sir? Perhaps I am lying, but uh, can you afford to take that chance? Now, won't you come to see us, sir? We'd be so happy to have
1: you. I tell you, Carl, we're nuts to pull this down of blackies. I say let's get out of here before the boss gets here and cracks down on both of us.
2: I'm afraid that's not possible, Joe, much
1: as I might want to. Yeah? Well... Shh! That's our employer. I'm sure we should do
2: what Blackie told us. Okay, we'll give it a whirl. Come in. Hello. You are Carl and Joe. i not you? Don't move. Either one of you, please. Look, Papa, you, you can't kill us, can't I? I'm sure Mr. Lewis had the same doubt, but... I am about to make a terrible error. There are three hats on the table here, and so far I have accounted for only two heads. I think perhaps the third one might belong to someone hiding in this closet. So, come out, young man. I have a gun in
1: my hand. I see it, thank you. But well, it's the look in your eye that frightens me
2: more. Blackie, you're responsible for all this. Shut up, Carl. Blackie, so... This is Mr. Boston Blackie. Well, Mr. Blackie, you are about to make the headlines again, but this time not as a hero, but as a corpse. I am so sorry, and I, and have I'm sorry I have to...
1: I'm sorry to have to... do this to you! Hi, Blackie. Who are these Mike? Hello, Faraday. All right, Rollins, bring the boys in here and round up this gang. Right, okay. Wow, I thought you'd never get I here, Faraday. What do you mean, you thought I'd never get here? You're just lucky I was in that hotel room with Miss Wesley when you phoned, and I traced the call. You'd be dead now if I weren't so smart. I knew you were in that room with Mary Faraday. That's why I made the call. I wanted you to trace it. You wanted me to? Sure. I not only wanted you to get me out of this jam, but I wanted to show, well, I must show my appreciation. I have arranged for you to pick up Carl here and Joe and Papa. Now, I've given you a nice haul. Now, suppose you haul me home. I'm tired.
3: Well, Blackie, all I've got to say is once you got your teeth into that smuggling situation, things certainly happened fast, didn't
1: they? One thing is certain, Mary. The gang's broken up, and even its London contact has been, uh, let's see, how would Scotland Yard you know, say it, uh, apprehended. <laughs>
3: You know, of course, that you had me worried when you didn't get to the hotel in time to see the waiter. I was
1: in the hall and followed him.
3: Oh, I might have known. Blackie, what is there about you and me that attracts situations like the smuggling ring?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's like those divining rods. They used to find water or oil or gold. If the stuff is there, the rod will find it. And when
3: trouble's there, Blackie'll find it. Is that it?
1: (laughs) Something like that. You know, the thing that amused me about this last case of ours is how Papa and Mama used a bookstore as a blind for their smuggling activities. The old man seemed to be very fond of books, by the way. Well, that's
3: as it should be. Inspector Faraday's book
4: If you want a beer with flavor, a flavor
1: that's delightfully different. Try the million-dollar flavor of Champagne Velvet beer. It's just as
4: smooth. Now, there's a suggestion for the person who has yet to try Champagne Velvet. You'll find CV to be the smoothest, most mellow beer you ever tasted. More than that, you'll like its brightness, its sparkle, and the clear, clean taste that makes you sure it's pure. In addition you'll enjoy the rich, robust, and full-bodied flavor that proves CV's premium quality. Premium quality that is yours to enjoy at no premium in price. That's why our enthusiastic friend says...
1: Try it. Just try CV, and you'll agree there is no finer beer. You're sure it's pure,
4: and it's just as smew, just as smew. And now... Here's a glimpse of what happens in next week's Boston Blackie Adventure.